a ballet. You read that beautifully. Thank you. You know, one week we have quite a short verse, and another week we have the whole book nearly. It's in, thank you, sweetheart. It's important. I'll just put this here for safekeeping. It's important. This is not the first time. That the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, falls on people in the Bible. You know, sometimes I worry we do this thing where we, we kind of think of the Holy Spirit as this bolt-on, kind of a, an addendum to life in the church. I grew up Presbyterian. Do you know how many hymns in the Presbyterian hymnal there are about the Holy Spirit? This is in the U.S. How many hymns are in the Presbyterian hymnal about the Holy Spirit? Two. So I know what it's like to come into an experience of the Holy Spirit after being in church quite a few years. And in fact, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about the Spirit of Jesus, as Paul refers to Him. We are talking about the Spirit of God that has been referred to time and again in the Old Testament. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Isaiah 44 then they will know that I am the Lord their God, for though I sent them into exile among the nations, I will gather them to their own land, not leaving any behind. I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will pour out my Spirit on the people of Israel, declares the Sovereign Lord, Ezekiel 39. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive, John 7. And so you see, there's a history here, a long history. Every recruit who goes through Marine Corps basic training in the United States is required to take part in one final 
grueling test. It is called simply the crucible, and it has broken the most athletic, the most intelligent, the most put-together people you may have ever met. Recruits get eight hours of sleep during the entire 54-hour exercise. They get two cold meals to last them the entire evolution, and they're responsible for rationing out that food to themselves. Then they are put through road marches and night infiltration courses. They march about 40 miles in those 54 hours. Some of these recruits do things they never thought they could do. Some of them come from middle-class homes where everything has been handed to them, and others come from poorer homes where nothing was ever expected of them. If they finish the crucible, they have accomplished something. Recruits begin at 3 a.m. with a six-hour road march. They stow their gear and then launch into four four-hour events. All are tests of some kind. Drill instructors choose different leaders for each test. That way, all the recruits understand what it's like to be a leader and what they have to do to be a follower. For some of them, they want to run everything. They can't admit that a recruit who may not have been the sharpest in previous training may have a good idea in the next test. Sometimes it's the quiet ones who have the ideas and no one will listen. You see, the team learn as they go along. At the beginning, they just charge ahead without a plan, without asking if anyone has an idea. By the end of the crucible, you see them working together, getting advice from all team members, and solving more problems. Another five-hour night march follows, four hours of sleep, and then up again at the crack of dawn to complete the next two challenges. On the second day, they are tired and hungry. They start getting short with one another. But they realize after the first day, they have to work together to finish. No one, no one gets through the crucible alone. Final stage is a nine-hour march. It is slow and agonizing. And as they get near the end, the drill instructors tighten the formation up. They get people running together. They get them singing and shouting, and they cross that final bridge back into Paris Island training base. And it is then and only then that they are made Marines. 54 hours, 48 miles, 20 kilos of gear, 36 physical and mental tests, 29 team-building exercises, 6 hours of sleep, 2 meals. At the beginning of the crucible, 
And at the end, a Navy chaplain stands in front of those recruits and he prays with and for them. He or she always prays the same prayer. And it reads like this. Dear God, we thank you for the guidance and protection you have provided our beloved recruits throughout their training. We pray that you continue to keep watch over them as they enter into the crucible. We ask that you and your holy angels surround them at all times, granting them unwavering physical, mental, and spiritual strength and perseverance. When our beloved recruits fall prey to fatigue and hunger sets in, replenish them with the knowledge that you alone are more than enough to sustain them. When emotions run high and uncertainty takes hold, cloak their hearts and minds in your perfect, unchanging peace and wisdom. When the enemy whispers words of discouragement, remind our beloved recruits of whom they really are and of all the obstacles they have already overcome. Most importantly, impress upon them that they are unconditionally loved by a kind and merciful Father, always there to guide and protect them, a Father who, by the fiery crucible, refines and tests not gold, silver, or other precious metals, but one's heart. We faithfully pray over our beloved recruits in the holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Maybe that's a prayer we should say more often in this place. What do you think? If you recall, we have talked a great deal in recent weeks and months about the Holy Spirit, about His power, about His place in the world, and His place with the Father and with the Son. I hope that some of that is beginning to fall into place. I think it is. <clears throat> this faith in the Holy Spirit is a voluntaristic but not individualistic endeavor. It is a voluntaristic, but not individualistic endeavor. Never once has the Holy Spirit come to me begging to get access to my life. Never once has the Spirit of Jesus crashed through the door with a mandate to change, or else... <laughs> Maybe sometimes I've needed that. <laughs> no. There is an invitation. I must volunteer. 
there is an invitation. I must submit to the team, to serving the body of Christ. There is an invitation. I must declare my faith where I stand. There is an invitation that when it comes to church, I must choose to show up. I must choose to take part. I must choose to be a member of the body of Jesus Christ. There is no compulsion. Anyone can quit at any time. Now, I know as well as anybody else, it's never good to take a metaphor, metaphor too far. And in so many ways, the United States Marine Corps can never live up to the calling that it is to be a follower of Christ. And I have no interest in glorifying war or warfare. But I do think there is a lesson here. If you find yourself sitting on the sidelines, maybe feeling a little bit discontent, or maybe feeling not very confident, Maybe you're bothered by something somebody said sometime in some place some time ago that led to your disillusionment with church or faith or God or people. If you find yourself in this situation, I want to challenge you today. The Holy Spirit falls on the people of God, all His people, every single follower of Jesus Christ. And there are many here. Thank the Lord who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. but you don't have to say yes. No one is forcing you. God will want to present a calling in your life, a distinct calling that will definitely take you out of your comfort zone. If you don't believe me, just ask somebody here who I know today is outside their comfort zone. If you don't believe me, read the Bible. There are plenty of folks in there who were taken out of their comfort zone. He will want to transform you from a green recruit into an experienced veteran. He will not want to leave you as you are. And He will keep introducing change and challenge into your life whether you're one or 100 years old. 
And yes, no doubt, you will find that a crucible waits for you. A serious trial that will test your stamina, that will test your perseverance, and will test your faith. It will force you to commit to the team, to the church, to the man on your left and the woman on your right. You will think about quitting that crucible. We all think about quitting. I've been there. We all do. And that's okay. Whatever your crucible is, whether it's sickness, whether it's family, whether it's drug or alcohol or money problems, whether it's isolation, depression, or even your own mortality. Whatever it is, you have a choice. You do have a choice. You can fall back on the strength that you find within yourself, and how far will that take you? I've tried that too. It will take you some ways, but not the whole way. Or you could fall back on the strength of the people that God has placed on your left and on your right. People who sometimes we seriously underestimate, but who have been oftentimes placed there for you. You can choose to double down on the only truth left remaining in this world, that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that His offer is of full life, His offer is of true freedom, His offer is of eternal salvation. And it is the one and only thing that matters in this life, period. You can choose this, and I hope you do. But please remember this. No one, no one gets through the crucible alone. God has placed good people all around you. People who serve, people who show love and gratitude, people who are long on patience and short on anger, and that's not always me. <laughs> it's not always me. But God's placed people around me too. People who forgive, people who fail and try again. But they are people who are part of a team. 
You know where they learned that? From the most capable and effective team out there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who love you so much that Jesus died for you. He rose for you. He built the church. He built this church. He built His church for you. He doesn't need us. But boy, doesn't He want us to be involved. Because He's building His team. And He wants you on that team. You can say no thanks. I'm good on my own. I don't want anybody else's help. I've got my own thing going on. We heard that, Rachel, didn't we? We went out, little, little bags of joy. No thanks, i got my own thing going on. I'm busy. I've got to look out for myself and my family. You can say no. But I hope you say yes. He hopes you say yes. Because he's building a team, a team of recruits. Recruits are people who don't have all the answers all the time, who don't know the way and get lost a lot, but are willing to be told and willing to be led and are willing to follow and sometimes willing to lead. Now today happens to be one of my favorite days, the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit is searching your heart even as we speak. He's searching my heart. He's testing the things that I'm saying. And He will agree with me when I say this. He wants to fill you with His love. He wants to plant in you the streams of living waters that come from Him. And He wants that presence of His Holy Spirit to fall all over you. That is what He desires. It is what He has been doing for thousands of years. Some of you here today will know that this is your day to receive. There are those here today who know that they need Jesus in a powerful way. Today is for you. We're going to make time today at the end of the service. We're going to make time for the Holy Spirit. We're going to invite Him here. And boy, is He going to change some lives, let me tell you that. I have great confidence in that truth because 
I've seen him do it already in this place. I've seen him at work. I've seen him active. And do you know what? I want that experience for everybody. Not because it's just power, not because it's just healing, not because it's just a sense of peace or feels good. I want that for you because that is God in your life. The Holy Spirit is more than just a feeling. It's a He, and He's a person, and He's God, and He wants to be in your heart. And if you haven't said yes to Him yet, don't worry. He's going to keep on asking. Welcome to the team.